Let's get back to those old school terms for sins. You know, the left has the power to change vocabulary, to change the way we speak. We see that in the debate about pronouns by forcing them to use certain pronouns that are not biological or rooted in nature. They're forcing you to accept a worldview that you don't agree with. Now, this has happened with, I want to say almost all, but I'll say a great majority of the words that we use for sin. So let me give you some examples. Nowadays, someone will say, oh, uh, Johnny and Susie live together. Well, previously, you would have said they're in concubinage or Susie is Johnny's concubine. That's the way you talk about it. That's the old school language, but that was taken all away. So now it's live together. Uh, what else? Sodomy. Now, it's gay. Gay used to mean happy, delightful. We'll have a gay old time. Put on your gay apparel. We're just going to be happy and joyful. Christmas time. Fred Flintstones. We'll have a, is that it? We'll have a gay old time. Is that the Flintstones? Gay used to mean happy, but no, no, no. They took it away. What was the word? Sodomy. Sodomite. John is a sodomite. Now John is gay. He's happy. So today we're going to go through the top nine old school names for sin. I'm going to throw in some bonuses towards the end. I'm just going to give you the definitions. And I'm going to challenge you to start using the old school ancient biblical vocabulary for explaining reality. All right, are you all ready to get started? I am. Before we get started, what you want to do is you want to like this video. You go over to a little thumbs up and you push it, and that gives this video a like. It helps with the YouTube algorithm, the Twitter algorithm, the Facebook algorithm, and you want to share it. If you're watching on Twitter, you hit retweet. If you're on Facebook, you share it. If you're on YouTube, hit the share. Share it on one of those places. And of course, you want to subscribe. You want future videos? Please hit the subscribe button and you'll be in the bell and you'll be notified for future shows. Okay, y'all ready to get into some of these old school terms? Let's do it. I'm going to start off with just fornication. All right, so when someone says fornication is sex outside of marriage, it can be premarital sex. All right, so if a guy says, Robert says, oh, yeah, I had uh, sex with uh, Julie last weekend. Oh, you're fornicating with her? Say, what? Are you fornicating? You're a fornicator? That's fornication. That's what it is, okay? Let's use the term fornicate. Like, sleeping with is a euphemism for fornication. No. But who would I say? Robert and Susie? Fornicating. Fornication. All right. Number two. Concubinage. Concubinage. It's used over 30 times in the Bible. Maybe more. Concubine. What is concubine? It comes from a Latin word meaning that uh, for a woman who lives in your bedroom. It's a sexual term. Who's not your wife. 
So nowadays we say, oh, it's a live-in girlfriend. No, it's a concubine. Right? So I don't want to use these names because I realize people watching it could be their name, but I got to use some name. So I'll just say Amy is Billy's concubine. Imagine that one at Thanksgiving or Christmas. Oh, this is Bill. Uh, meet Amy. It's Billy's concubine. Well, that's what it is. Concubinage. You're living in sin. You're living in the same bedroom, having sexual relations, but you don't have the bond of matrimony. So it's a sin. If babies are conceived, they will be born out of wedlock. They won't have the proper nuclear family, and that's a crime against the baby. Also, the woman is being used. She doesn't have the protection and the sanctions of holy matrimony. Same with the guy, too. For the man, the woman, and any potential baby or actual baby that comes from this union, you need the proper sanction and protection of Almighty God that's called holy matrimony. And can we please say matrimony and use holy matrimony? That's what we need, holy matrimony. What does matrimony mean? comes from Latin, matri, genitive, matris, mater, mother, munus, gift, or office. Matrimony is the gift and office of motherhood, of procreation. If a man and woman get married, matrimony, but they don't want to have kids, that's not matrimony. It's concubinage. Okay, next word, third word. You know this one. Adultery, as in thou shall not commit adultery. Adultery is when a, marri a married person has sex with someone who is not his or her spouse. That is adultery. Nowadays, people say, oh, he cheated on her. She cheated on him. No, use the proper term. Use biblical language. He committed adultery against her or she committed adultery against him. Not cheated on. Use the proper old school word. Number four, debauchery. You see this in a lot of older translations, older literature. What is debauchery? Debauchery is to lead away, to seduce, or to entice into a sinful practice. So debauchery is often used to leading people into illicit parties that include sexual uh, activity, drunkenness. Nowadays, we'd have to have narcotics in there. Debauchery, it's leading people astray or living a debauched life. Another great term. That's debauchery. I'm not going to partake in debauchery. It's degenerate. Another great word, degenerate. As you know, I use that word all the time. Debauchery. Next word, number five. Sodomy. Sodomy comes from the Bible, Sodom and Gomorrah. What did they try to do in Sodom? Well, these two angels came to the home of Lot. And the men of Sodom surrounded the house and demanded that Lot hand them over so that they could sodomize them, rape them. It was a homosexual passion and request. Sodomy. And this comes into Latin as the 
peccatum sodomiticum. Peccatum sodomiticum. Yeah, I got it right. The samadidical sin. The sin of simony. Sin of sodomy. Simony is another word. We'll get maybe get to that one a little bit. Yes, instead of saying, oh, that's gay, just say, that's sodomite, if it's really sodomy. You're putting it into a theistic worldview. You're putting it into biblical language, and that's okay. Because everybody knows what that means. Now, you'll hear people, liberals, they'll say, well, sodomy, the sin of sodomy wasn't homosexual sex it was being inhospitable the people of Sodom the men of Sodom were not being good hosts they weren't being hospitable so really the sin of Sodom sin of Sodom has nothing to do with with homosexuality with sex it has to do with not being hospitable uh no no it definitely has to do with they wanted to rape some dudes who they thought were dudes beautiful dudes Right. That's what sodomy is. And by the way, I'm not going to if I went to someone's house and uh, they didn't um, offer me any refreshments and they rebuffed me or they, you know, maltreated me. I wouldn't say, oh, I went to their house and they tried to sodomize me. No, that sodomy doesn't mean not hospitable. It means you know what it means. All right. Number six, lechery or for a man, a lecher. Lechery is indulgent sexual appetite. So a man who is a lecher is a guy who's given to sexual deviancy. And lechery is obviously sexual deviancy. So you can say, yeah, Hollywood is given over to lechery. It's an educated way to speak if you say like that. Or if you say so-and-so, he is a lecher. Use it. It's good. All right. Whoremonger. Number seven. Whoremonger. A man who hires whores, prostitutes, harlots. This word appears in the Bible. I'll give you an example of it from the New Testament because I know there's going to be people who are sensitive and they're going to say, Taylor, you don't, Taylor, you don't say whore. You say sex worker. People's feelings get hurt when you say whore. It's sex worker. No, the Bible uses the word whore. A whore is, we'll get to that in a little bit. Right now we're talking about whoremonger. Here it is. This is from the book of the apocalypse. Or some people call it the book of revelation. You know that I try not to call it that. I think it's more Catholic to call it the, uh, what's going on here? I can't grab my thing. There we go. Uh, the book of the apocalypse. I'm trying to make this bigger for y'all. There we go. Boy, it's too big now. Okay. Apocalypse 21.8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, they shall have their portion in the pool burning with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Apocalypse 21.8. So you see some pretty serious sins listed here. And if you're a person listed here, you need to repent, turn to Jesus Christ. God loves you. 
You need to be baptized and you need to join the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. If you're already baptized, you need to go to the sacrament of penance. You need to go to confession to a priest and confess your mortal sins, however many times you've committed them, and you will receive absolution and your soul will be clean. And then you live a life of faith, hope, and charity. So here are some of these sins. And right there you see whoremongers. By the way, I really encourage everybody to check out my new book, Antichrist and Apocalypse. The first part is a commentary from the Church Fathers on who the Antichrist is, what he will be, what he will do. And the second part of this book is a line-by-line -line commentary on the book of Revelation. It's the 21 prophecies of Revelation, unveiled and described. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon. Please go check it out. If you want a signed copy, go to patreon.com forward slash drtaylormarshall and learn more. Okay, back to the whoremongers. The whoremonger is the person who hires prostitutes. So if John goes to Vegas and he hires harlots, I'm like, man, John, you're a whoremonger? Didn't know that about you. Or don't be a whoremonger when you go on your business trip. All right? Thanks to everybody in the live chat who says they're enjoying reading the new book, Antichrist and Apocalypse. I appreciate all of you. And by the way, as I'm going through some of these terms, if there's something that I'm missing in the list, go ahead and let me know. And uh, maybe I'll add you into the show and add you on to the list of sins. I like this comment real quick from Annie Gallagher. She's watching over at Facebook. She says, I'm just trying to visualize my, my friends' faces by using these words in a conversation with them. I think they would have me say, uh, sectioned. I say go for it. We're get closing up on Thanksgiving, and they're trying to get you to use all of their words, all of their LMNOP, alphabet soup nonsense. They're pushing in your face, pushing in your face. You use your biblical worldview, your biblical words. They expect you to just take it all day long. Well, you know what? It's time for us to retake our language. And we're going to do that by using this language. So I say use it and uh, find out what happens. I want to hear from you. Leave a comment below. Okay? Uh, somebody says whoremongers, not fishmongers. Yes, it's different. It's different. And people are asking, does the new book have an audio yet? Yes, it does. Antichrist and Apocalypse has an excellent audio read by my friend Kennedy Hall, who's also a great podcaster. Check it out. Okay, let's get back to the list. We just did Whoremonger from the book of, of the Apocalypse. Number eight. You hear me use this one. Effeminate. Effeminate. Now, I've noticed when I read the comments, and please do leave a comment. People, especially women will say, well, what's wrong with being feminine? Are you denigrating, you know, being feminine? I thought I'm a feminine woman. No, 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 no. Let's explain the difference here. Being feminine is godly, true, beautiful, the right vocation for a woman, which in Latin is femina. The Latin word for woman is femina. Okay, that's where we get the word feminine. It's good. We want all of our ladies out there watching the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast to be feminine. What's bad is effeminate. E-F-F -F is the beginning, effeminate. Effeminate according to St. Thomas Aquinas, who's a doctor of the church, is choosing pleasure 
or that which is easy in contrast to that which is difficult. That's what effeminate is. So let me give you some examples. If you have a bishop or a priest who will not speak out and call a sin a sin because he's afraid of the government or he's afraid of the parish council or he's afraid of Karen or he's afraid of his higher up, be it a monsignor or a bishop or an archbishop, a cardinal or a pope. And so he does nothing out of fear. He is effeminate. Or if you see a father or a husband or a boss or anyone who is constantly choosing the easy way out instead of doing the strenuous thing which is good, always tilting towards the pleasure, never towards the sacrifice, that's effeminate. And it is wrong. It's sinful. Being effeminate is sinful. Now you may say, what about if you just, do, you know, okay, well, yeah, we also, you know, there's effeminate behavior, but at root to be effeminate is this fundamental flaw in the core of a man where he leans towards easiness, pleasure, luxury, and never does anything difficult. He never overcomes. He's not a victor. He doesn't, he doesn't make sacrifice. He's not in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. That's effeminate. It's bad. Okay. Next one, also for men, a cad. C-A-D. A cad. A cad is a man who is not honorable towards women. He's not a gentleman towards women. It's a sin. Oh, he's a cad. Now, it's unfortunate that in our society, especially in meme culture, you'll see these memes about Chad, Giga Chad, all that, right? Unfortunately, the origin of that, sort of in the red pill, red pill manosphere, is Chad the cad. And so it's glorifying this idea of a cad by using a name that rhymes with cad, Chad, Chad the cad. That's not good. Okay, I get the whole thing like Chad's a cool guy, he's, you know what, the giga Chad and all that. But Chad the cad, that's bad. Being a cad, that is being dishonorable to women, uh, it's often seen, a cad is often seen as a seducer of women, right? He's not honorable. He's a user of women and that's sinful. So use that as well. Oh, so-and-so, yeah, he's a cad. People say, what are you talking about? He's a cad. You know what the word cad is? Cad is a man who's dishonorable towards women. So-and-so is a cad. All right, here's another one. Bon we're in the bonus round. I already went through nine. Now we're going into the bonus round. Overtime. We're in overtime. Are you enjoying this right now? If so, help. Click the like. Right now there's only, there's 591 of you. There should be 591 likes. Get on it, everybody. Hit that like button. And again, if you think of a term that I haven't covered yet, let me know in the live chat or in the comments below. All right, the next one's transvestite. Okay, so we live in a culture, everything's trans this, trans that. Olympics, uh, beauty pageants, swim meets. Okay, do not say transgender. Say transvestite. The old school term is transvestite. What does vestite mean? It has to do with vesture, what you're wearing on your body, your clothes, 
what you put on yourself is your vesture. So you have men who put on dresses, high heels, big old eyelashes, caked on makeup. They put on wigs. They're vesting themselves as a female, even though they're a man. So they're not a transgender. They're a transvestite. Okay, so the old school word is transvestite, and we got to bring that back. So if you're talking about, you know, someone who's married into the Kardashian family, you could say he's a transvestite, not that he's a transgender. All right, y'all like that one? If you like that one, do the thumbs up. All right. This next one is not necessarily a, a sin, but I wanted to bring it into the transgender discussion, and that is eunuch, E-U-N-U-C-H. A eunuch is any man with his with both testicles cut off. That's a eunuch, all right? Now, as Jesus said, some men make themselves eunuchs and others make them eunuchs. So just so you know, in the old, old days, especially in the Middle East, even in the Old Testament times, you read about in the Old Testament, all the men in court who were assigned to care for the king's wife, the queen, so her hairdressers, her educators, her advisors, everyone who was a male renter, they were snip, snip, eunuchs. They, the king did not want his wife being impregnated by any other man because that child could go on to be his heir, the next king, and it wouldn't genetically be his he also didn't just want guys with his wife. So those in the court of the female consort, the queen, uh, had both testicles snipped off. You see this, for example, in Acts, where there's a, a eunuch from Ethiopia who's visiting Jerusalem. He's uh, the eunuch in the court of Candace, I believe it is, if I remember correctly, from the book of Acts. And uh, he's, he's baptized. He's one of the first Gentiles, non-Jews, who's baptized. And it mentions that he's a eunuch. So there's nothing... If you make yourself a eunuch, that's a mortal sin. That's mutilation. It's bad. But um, if someone made you a eunuch or you got into a car wreck or something like that happened and you, you lost them, you lost both, uh, you're technically a eunuch. So anyone who goes through a sex change surgery and gets the snips... That dude is a eunuch. That's the right word. I see some good words. Y'all are bringing up some good words in the, uh, the live chat here. I see, for example, soothsayer. Maybe we can get to soothsayer. That's good. All right, moving along. We already did concubine. Like, Janet is John's concubine. Like, oh, is John bringing his concubine for Thanksgiving? That's the proper use of concubine. Concubine is a live-in girlfriend who's not married to the man. That's a concubine. There's, it's all over the Bible. Men have concubines. That's what a concubine is, is a live-in girlfriend. Live-in girlfriend, euphemism. Straight up, she's a concubine. All right, now we get into some words that people find offensive. Whore and harlot. Whore and harlot. Now, a lot of women don't like these words. They find them very offensive, uh, and they should. They're very offensive words. A whore and a harlot, it's the same meaning, and it means a woman who sells her body for sex. That is a whore, 
and that is a harlot. Now, you might say, you know, Taylor, we should be kind. Let's let's tone down our language. Let's use sex worker. And I'm going to say no. I'm going to push back on that because God himself uses the term whore and harlot. In fact, you see it in the prophet Jeremiah, the prophet Ezekiel. You see it in the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse. Even in the New Testament, you see whore and harlot used. It's super offensive, and it should be. It should be. The idea that a woman would sell her sex for money to strange man is very offensive, and it should be offensive, and I think the word should be used. So don't say uh, sex worker. That's what the modern liberal world wants you to say. Oh, we need to have rights for sex workers, all this stuff. No, it's prostitute, but in for real, it's whore and harlot. She is a whore. If, if a woman sells her sex to the public, to strange men, in exchange for money, she is a whore. Now, I understand there are many women who are trapped into this lifestyle by sex trafficking, human trafficking. It's evil. It's wicked. The origin of it, I understand, uh, is horrendous. It's sad. It makes you cry. It's evil. But that's what it is. Like, we have to call the evil for what it is. All right. Moving on. Now I'm going to get into some spiritual terms. Okay, so these are words that, like, the Novus Ordo, post-Vatican II world, ecumenical world, don't want you to use because they're not... The words I just went through are not politically correct. Now we're moving into words that are not ecumenically correct. Okay, you're not supposed to use these words, but we're going to talk about them. Number, uh, well, actually I'm on word 15 here, but our first spiritual word is apostate. What is an apostate? You know what an apostle is? An apostle is someone sent out by Jesus. That's an apostle. An apostate is a totally different word. Okay, Apostate means someone who has fallen away from Jesus Christ. Someone who, I love Jesus, I follow his will to... I hate Jesus, I renounce Jesus. So you saw that I ran that video last week, or, yeah, was it last week? Yeah. About the Satanists in Tyler, Texas. They were doing the quote-unquote unbaptism ceremony where they have a cross placed on their head upside down, and then they say the blasphemous words, Hail Satan, and they renounce Jesus Christ. Those people are apostates. That's the proper term. Just remember, apostates are those who fall away and reject God and Jesus Christ. Next term is schismatic. Now, there's a lot of people who don't understand this word schismatic. They think schismatic, like if you say, hmm, I don't think John Paul II should have kissed the Quran. All right. You're a schismatic. You don't agree with everything on the Pope. No, that's not what schismatic means. Schismatic means you've broken communion with the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. You're not in union. You're not in communion with the apostolic see of Rome. You are in schism. There's one church. Here's the one church. And you go pop and you get out of that church and you're over here. Here's the church. You're over here. You're in schism and you're a schismatic. And that's a mortal sin. Heretic. 
Why don't we ever use the term heretic? When was the last time you heard a pope, bishop, or priest say the word heretic? And yet the word heretic is in the Bible. And you read any church father, any saint, St. Augustine, St. John Chrysostom, uh, St. Athanasius, they are constantly talking about heresy and those heretics over there that are evil and that are bad. I mean, it would be almost impossible to find a bishop today who talks about those heretics over there because it's not ecumenically correct. It's offensive. Gee, Taylor, we shouldn't call people heretics. It's just not ecumenical. Vatican II, la, la, la. No. If you reject the one true faith of Jesus Christ, if you reject the Christian faith, if you reject the Catholic faith, you are a heretic. If you say, well, I don't think we should baptize babies, that's a heresy. You're a heretic. You might be a material heretic. It's not really your fault. You weren't taught properly. Or you could be a formal heretic where you're like, yes, I know what the Catholic Church teaches, and they're wrong. I'm right. That's formal heresy. We need to start using the H word. We need to start using the H word. Do you agree? Like it. Stormy says, let's go. All right, next word, idolater. Now we say people of other faiths. Oh, so-and-so, he's taking off worth he, work because he has to go worship Vishnu. No, the proper term is he's an idolater. What's an idolater? Anyone who holds to a religion where they worship false gods in the form of idols, Depicting the false gods, that is idolatry. Uh, Solitarius says, what about the word infidel? I'm going to get to that. Infidel literally means, from Latin, not faithful. You don't want to call yourself an infidel. I know, you like, oh, Muslims call us an infidel, so I'm infidel. No, infidel means unfaithful. Like infidelity, do not call yourself an infidel. Not cool. Don't wear that t-shirt. Back to idolatry. If you worship a statue of a false god that looks like an elephant, like Ganesh in Hinduism, you're an idolater. I'm not going to say, oh, you have your own faith. That's cool. How can I help you go deeper in your faith? I'm going to say you're an idolater. That's against the first commandment. God hates the idols of the nations. It's a false god. There is no elephant-headed god, and there's no person with a bunch of arms and there is no Vishnu and there is none of this. This is all bogus religion. There is no Zeus, you know, there there is no Venus. All that stuff is bogus. And if you worship those statues, if you worship a statue of Thor or Odin, you're an idolater. All right, next word, sloth or sloth. What is sloth or sloth? It is being lazy. He, that guy, is slothful. He's lazy. And if you read St. Thomas Aquinas, he says sloth, or being slothful, in particular, regards spiritual matters. So if you're the person who skips going to Mass every Sunday, that's the sin not only of not fulfilling your Sunday obligation, it's spiritual sloth. If, you don't, if you're the kind of person who has mortal sin, and you don't go to confession for four months, that's spiritual sloth. You are lazy. 
you can't go and make on let's just say there's priests available and you don't do it i mean i understand if you live in like some remote area where there are no priests but if you got a priest you know within an hour of you and you don't you have mortal sin you're not going to confession you don't pray every day spiritual sloth you don't fast on fridays you go you get the double whopper with cheese and bacon on fridays that's sloth you're lazy let's start instead of just saying he's uninspired he's not motivated he procrastinates just call it for what it is it's the sin of sloth it's one of the seven deadly sins how you know the seven deadly sins i created this um what's the word we have anyway pale gas p-a-l-e-p-a-l-e-g-a-s acronym yeah p pale gas like mm, pale gas smells bad in here pale gas P, pride, A, anger, L, lust, E, envy, G, gluttony, A, avarice, S, sloth, pale gas. Those are seven deadly sins. It's really good to run through the seven deadly sins before your confession. Gluttony, that's one of the seven deadly sins. We need to start using the word gluttony. You eat too much, you're obese, you're fat, you can't move around, you have... You're addicted to sugar. And also, guess what falls under gluttony? Being drunk, getting high. You you drinking four, five, six alcoholic drinks every day. That's gluttony. It's also could be drunkenness. You smoke weed. You're addicted to narcotics. This is all under gluttony. Gluttony is I want to put things in me to make myself feel really good. That could be cheeseburgers, hamburgers, pizzas, beers. It could be fancy, fancy bourbons. It could be cocaine. That's gluttony. And you know what? It might be helpful if you're given to that and you start praying and trying to defeat that by God's grace, not your own power. You can, if you're eating too much, like, just think during the week, man, there was that one point when I was at the Mexican food restaurant, I was totally full and I just kept on eating and then I ordered sopapillas. That was gluttonous. Confess it. Next time you're in confession, I committed gluttony one time. Next word, avarice. That's one of the seven deadly sins. Avarice is being consumed, overly worried about money. If you get into your mind, I'm not talking about, man, they're about to cut off the gas and it's winter and our kids are going to die. I need to get some money. That's legit. But if you're constantly consumed with money, just thinking about it, needing it, kind of like gluttony is for getting food and alcohol and drugs inside of you. This is, I just got to get more money. Ebenezer Scrooge. That's avarice. And it's related to the sin of usury. Usury. Usury is charging interest on money. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to wait out here. People might disagree with me. This is just me as dad on a webcam. Unfortunately, we live in a society where we don't have real money. We don't have gold and silver or commodities that we exchange. Instead, we have this fiat currency called the U.S. dollar. And the dollar is arbitrary. It's made up by America and they can print and make more money. 
and even banks by loaning money make more money. So the value of your money is always going down. It buys less and less. Like right now, I think they say inflation is somewhere around 7%, some places 10%. And if you live in other countries, it can be even higher than that. And that's because of fiat currency. So because of that, I think it is economically allowed to invest your money in such a way that the money that you have that you're saving for when you're old and injured or sick has the same value. So I think in that case, just trying to keep up, stay ahead of inflation is not wrong. But if you're like, you know what? I'm going to loan this money to uh, this group of immigrants who are trying to get this house because they don't qualify at a bank. So I'm going to charge them three times the interest and they have to pay it. And if they don't pay it, I think I'm going to repossess their house. Yeah, that's going to work out good. I'll be rich on that. That's a sin. You know, these payday title car loan places, that's they're sinning. These credit cards, sinning. It's wrong. That's usury. And we need to call it usury. We need to start being vocal about that. Okay, so there's the words. Now, did I miss any words? How am I doing so far? Are there any old school terminology words? Is the Federal Reserve guilty of usury? Uh, yeah. Are there any words that I missed? I'm going to scroll through here on the live chat. Uh, yes, I, I will talk about the FTX scandal that just happened, uh, where it looks like U.S. money was going to Ukraine, and Ukraine was in, investing in cryptocurrencies at FTX exchange. Then FTX exchange was making donations to Joe Biden and Democrats, and I mean, it's what a miss. Um, here's one. KB says, do hoarders, not whores, hoarders commit gluttony or something else? So no, hoarders are not committing gluttony because gluttony has to do with eating and consuming things like food, alcohol, drugs. That's gluttony. Hoarders, um, they're just, I think, probably covetous. They just can't they can't stand the idea that anyone would ever own their stuff after they've had it. They're obsessed with that. So, you know, if if that was, you know, their skateboard, I mean, God forbid someone else ever have that skateboard and ride on it. So I'm going to keep every skateboard I ever had, every T-shirt, every sock, all that. That's hoarders. And I think that has to do with covetousness. So which is against the 10th commandment. Good question. All right, well, I'm going to close it up there just uh, for a review for everyone watching. Here are the words that we went over today. And I want you to make it your goal in the next week to use three to five of these in the next seven days. All right, if you agree to that, give this video a thumbs up and let me know. Like it, okay? Number one, fornication, concubinage, adultery, debauchery, sodomy, lechery or lecher. Whoremongery or whoremonger, effeminacy or effeminate for a man, a cad, a man who's not honorable towards women or a seducer, transvestite. I want to see y'all use that one. Um, whore, harlot, apostate, schismatic, heretic, idolater, sloth, gluttony, avarice, usury. All right. Um, what I'm seeing over here 
is witch. Yeah, witchcraft is using any kind of occult power or magic to have power in your own life or over other people. Or necromancy, speaking with the dead. Those are two other good ones there that have to do with the occult. Oh, uh, pederasty. Pederasty is pedophilia. Molesting. That's another one. I should have had pederasty on there. Thank you very much. Um, yes, also use, if it's not a sin, use holy matrimony when you're talking with people. Precise vocabulary. Precise terms. The left wants to throw all kinds of language on you. Let's throw our language into the public discourse. All right, very good. Um, thanks to everyone who is a Patreon patron of the show. If you want me to send you a signed book in a rosary, go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. I will sign that book. I will package it with a rosary. We will put it into a slip right in our living room and we will mail it to you anywhere in the world. Yes, we lose money on all you Australian people. Good day, mate. But we love you. So, uh, if you want a book, I have a one book thank you package, a two book thank you package. If you want to get the new book, Antichrist and Apocalypse, signed, I sign it myself. No one signs it. My kids don't sign it. Why? I sign it. Um, if you can get a, you can get one at Amazon.com, or you can get a signed one over at Patreon.com. Patreon.com is how patrons support my podcast, my books, my writings, all the stuff that I try to do. If you believe in it, if you like it, if it's helpful to you. I would encourage you to go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall and consider becoming a generous patron of the work that I'm trying to accomplish. Patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. If you want to move to a place that's more wholesome, that has good schools, good churches, good neighborhoods, good people where you're safe, I encourage you to do that. And the people at Real Estate for Life at realestateforlife.org can help you sell your home where you're at and move to another place. And the people at Real Estate for Life just told me, because I said there's people in Mexico using it, Canada, there's people in Philippines. we got people all over the world using Real Estate for Life. So go to realestateforlife.org and tell them you heard about it at the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. Make sure you're praying your rosary every day. If you don't pray your rosary every day, you're not on the team, unless you use a vocab word right here, you're being slothful. Don't give way to sloth. Pray every day. The easiest way to pray for 15 to 25 minutes every day is to pick up the beads and pray the rosary daily. So please pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. Hate to be harsh, but there it is. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for watching. I appreciate all of you. May you have a great week. I hope you had a holy Sunday. I hope you got to a, a beautiful, glorious mass where the Holy Trinity was venerated worshipped, loved, and adored. And until next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this podcast, please click the like button, the thumbs up, and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and clicking the bell for notifications. God bless. See you in future videos.